Hello. Okay. 1 Peter 5, verses 6 to 11 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. So, what has God been talking to me about? He's been reminding me to keep looking up. I don't know about any of you, but when you sort of see the news headlines, you can get, for me, I can get really overwhelmed and a little bit depressed because we've got all these uh, energy bill crisis, we've got Christmas woes, potential food shortages, we've got petrol crises, there's all the things in Afghanistan and we've all got the COVID thing going on and I don't know about you, but it has brought me down quite a bit sometimes and I'll be honest, I have forgotten to look up. And God has been telling me and reminding me to cast all my anxieties on him because he cares for me. He knows exactly what I'm going through. So he wants me, he wants you to keep talking to him, to look up, be remembered who's on the throne. The devil, it says in verse 7, prowls around like a lion devouring, looking to devour us. And I know that my enemy is seeking to pick me off. When I have my eyes focused on here and not up there, the enemy can take advantage of that and bring me down. He doesn't like me. He doesn't play mean. He's not fair. He wants to disillusion me, cripple me. He wants to silence me. But God's been reminding me to keep looking up and use the weapons of my warfare. I have to look in the mirror and I have to say to myself, Ruth, the spirit of the living God lives in you. The spirit of the living God lives in you. We are in this together. We are not on our own. And I think sometimes the enemy wants to pick us off and make us feel isolated. We're the only ones going through certain things. But we have to stick together. Pray in tongues. I I can't. There's so much going on. I don't even know where to start sometimes. So the only thing I can do, and it's the good thing to do, is to pray in tongues, sing in tongues, to start worshipping. Sometimes that's like walking through thick mud and it takes everything I've got just to open my mouth. But when I open my mouth, God just fills it. And I don't know what happens, but there's like an exchange and the spirit of God rises up. And I remember to keep looking up. The enemy wants to keep us silent and complacent to keep our eyes focused on what's going on in the world. Because it is, it does look like it's spiraling out of control sometimes and you just don't know where it's going. The world, my colleagues, the people around me that I live with, my family, they need the hope that is in me. They need the hope that is in you. We can't let the devil keep keep us silent. He can't keep me silent. People around me need to know my faith. And I know sometimes I, I uh, for fear, I don't say anything. And I know that's not good because people need to know who I am in Christ so that when they have questions, they know who to come and talk to. It's not a in-your-face, this is what you're going to do if you don't do this. It's a, you need to know that I love God and I go to church. And they know that when they have a crisis, they know who to um, 
to talk to. We are all in the spirit of the living God. We are in his army and God lives in all of us. Verse 10 says that after a little while, the God of all grace will restore, confirm, strengthen and establish us. I've been I've heard the question asked many times. What do you think the church is going to look like after lockdown and all the things? And we all know it's going to look different, but I don't know what it looks like. I don't think any of us fully do, but I'm just excited that I get to walk with the God that does. And it's so exciting to know that we journey with him and he's going to unfold it. I was recently reminded of a picture that God gave me many years ago that I just wanted to share. Because God is doing something that we can't see, but he's doing something. And this is the word I got quite a few years ago now. There was a sudden move of God in people. There was a greater sense of expectation that was met suddenly. Without planning, people were coming to meet with God. And I saw it in this building. There were no set opening times. The church was was eventually, because there were so many people coming to the church, it was just kept open 24-7 as more and more people were drawn in by the word of mouth. Non-Christians of all sorts were coming in. There was no need for uh, the building to be locked up as the presence of God was so strong, no one dared do anything illegal or bad. There was no plan for the meetings as there was a heavy presence of God. It was just so thick. There was no planned prayer. There was no planned worship or preaching. Those things came spontaneously from the heart. As soon as anything was planned, the move would stop. People were drawn to the presence of God. There were no words, no songs were needed to be sung. There was no advertising of services. People were just drawn in by God's love. And it was growing and it was strong. We don't need to plan the move or control it. Leave the doors open and let whoever come in, in. So what is God talking to me? He's telling me to keep my eyes looking up because he knows what's going on and his timing is perfect. Thank you. Hello, I'm Richard. And uh, I have to say that uh, quite a bit of what I was going to say has already been done. (laughs) Ben's opening remarks, the prayers, the comments, the words from the Lord. But uh, it's quite nice. I take it as a confirmation, really. Um, I'd just like to sing a little bit, if you can bear with me. There's an old song. Some of you might remember it. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives in me. He walks with me, he talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives, he lives within my heart. I can see some of you singing along quietly, that's nice. Heart, we know that's not a, you know, that's just a blood pump, right? Some people have mocked me a bit for loving it. It's in my heart there rings a melody of heavenly harmony. And basically, uh, it's not entirely biblical, I suppose, but my longing, my heart, my gut, my mind, these are all inadequate efforts to describe the omnipresence of the Holy Spirit of our Creator God. Omnipresent. I love that omnipresent stuff. 
You know, how often do we pray? You know, be there, be here, be be with. He, omnipresent. He just is. He's everywhere. Now, Jody asked me to share what God is saying to me, so I begin by being clear. I'm not an oracle. I don't hear an audible voice. I'm never 100% certain that I've heard from God. I do believe that a prophetic voice must be subject to authority. So I ask that the elders, uh, if they disagree with anything that I'm sharing, they're to stop me, please. Um, I've worked in the hospitality industry here and abroad. Uh, I like to observe people and try to anticipate their needs. Since Paula and I moved here last winter, we've been delighted to observe and experience how thoughtful, pleasant and considerate the people of Suffolk uh, have been. Uh, Overall, really nice. Ordinary? No. I sought some guidance from God on what to share with you, and in the morning, quite a clear picture came to me. I had a picture of the church as a huge circus safety net with folk in it. I imagined some of those in the net as tired trapeze artists and performers who could inspire and amaze others. Sad lions who could put the fear of God into Lerstoft and the surrounding area. And even one with the strength of an elephant and the weight. I imagine the founders and elders holding on to the corners of the net, trying to hold it up, not daring to let go. So what is God saying? Some weeks ago, I was prompted to to share the words, fear not, fear God. And my notes say, I wonder if that resonated with anyone here, but since we've heard it three times already from different sources, I suspect that it did. Um, But it still seems as if God might be having to repeat himself. I heard a sermon once where the guy said, you know, sometimes God has to speak louder. Sometimes it means a smack. Um, It occurs to me that um, if we trust him and reject our fear of loss or disappointment, then others will trust him too with their fears. The safety net can work normally for those who are in trouble and the elders can concentrate on fulfilling God's calling on their lives with confidence. Now, that might mean managing a load of circus freaks, but I'll leave that to your imagination. (laughs) Perhaps it is time. Perhaps it is time to step out and take bigger risks for Jesus. It's true. He will be the winner in the end. It's also true that people will fall if we hold back and we hold on to the safety net. So basically we need to get out. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus tells his disciples, ask for this day's strength only. And frankly, we rarely do well when we plan for the, to organize the past or the future. He also says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but you're not doing what I say? 
I live. Let me walk with you and talk with you along life's narrow way. Don't leave it till tomorrow. Now there's another song. I'm not sure whether I can do this. I just had an op on my hands and it's supposed to be able to click. But it's, uh, it goes, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time, I can do it, are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. And these momentary light afflictions produce in us eternal weight of glory. And uh, that's the men's part. And the, the ladies are singing, um, look not to the things which are seen, but to the unseen things. And um, I just wondered, uh, I wasn't absolutely sure when I was asked whether it was What's God saying to the church? What's God saying to you? So I'm going to share it in two lots. Um, I'm, I think I'm still within my seven minutes. Uh, <laughs> um, and um, so uh, for me, God is saying, um, it's not what you do. So often in church, you get someone from the front to come on, do more, be out there, you know, preach more, teach more, speak more, worship more, put out the chairs more, uh, whatever it may be. And it's not about the doing, it's about your attitude of heart when you do it. So, we can do Christian things, and it looks right. Inside, no one else is doing it, you know, that person, and so on. So, that's what God is talking to me about my attitude of heart. And it's kind of difficult because we are guided by what we do and what we say and what we see. So there's your two-pronged thing. Um, if, if I'm right, God is saying it's time to get up, get out of the safety net, allow the elders to relax a little bit, let go, and, and do what God is calling them to do best. And uh, if it's for me, then watch my attitude of heart. You know, if you see me doing good, just wag your finger at me because I really, you know, I'm probably resenting it. (laughs) Hello, everyone. Oh, right, this is lovely. Right. I am so delighted because my um, piece of scripture is Hebrews. So that just was such a welcome. And what Ruth and Richard have been talking about, you know, sort of really fits in with what God's been talking to me about. When I spoke here um, two or three years ago, uh, the scripture that I spoke about when I was talking about what God was speaking to me was Hebrews. And it was um, Hebrews 11.1, and it is now, you know, the, the bit where it says, um, now faith um, is uh, the, the, the hope and um, that, I can't remember it normally on the top of my head, <laughs> but what it says is, I've got it, sorry. It says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance 
in what we do not see. And when Richard was talking about, you know, what we see or what we don't see, and that God has been talking to me, this scripture now for three years. And on Wednesday um, at our community group, Barry said, you know, how God can use so many words to say one short little thing. <laughs> and I'm thinking he can use so few words <laughs> to speak to me for three years on this one scripture. So where I'm up to on this really is um, that it's the things we can't see. Now, I've been prompted um, recently, again, about in Ephesians 6.12, where it says that our struggle isn't against flesh and blood, um, but, you know, the, the um, powers of darkness and spiritual forces. And I've spoken to a lot of people over the last few few months, and it sort of echoed some of what I, I was sort of feeling, especially during lockdown. It's how we think about things. And what I, what I realized is whenever I thought something that was right, there was always a lie tagged onto it. So it would mean something like, oh, well, they didn't think much of me, did they? If they didn't tell me first. Oh, they're blanking me because they haven't replied. Um, I messaged them ages ago. They can't be bothered to reply. I was there were times when I felt abandoned. Um, and, and recently there, there was something where I thought, you know, I'm, I'm not going to see the doctor I, I, I was meant to be seeing. And this one won't know what to do. And I heard someone say um, some time back, oh, I wish I hadn't told them, you know, I've got mental issues because now I won't get the job. So in, there's a truth in every one of these things. You know, it was true that I messaged someone. But is it true that they couldn't bother to reply? No, that's a lie, because I don't even know that. And, well, is someone blanking me? That's a lie. I might well have, have sent a letter. I might well have emailed. I might have left messages. But are they blanking me? That, that's the lie, and that is, that is the bit. So all, although we're feeling it's the flesh and blood, because it's, it's somebody that we are thinking has, has let us down. But it's not true. But it goes back into that spiritual bit, that darkness, because the enemy thinks, I've got, I've got an opportunity here to stop God speaking to you. So I've got an opportunity to make you feel bad about yourself, that you're rubbish, you're not worth it. They don't love you. You're not, you're not worth contacting. And that's all a lie. And this is so coming back to this scripture with Hebrews. And it says, you know, the, the assurance of what we do not see, that's, that's where we, when we pray and we're with God, He is our assurance that, that no matter what is happening, whatever those reasons are, we, we trust Him. If we're saying, you're, you know, we pray, don't we? You know, look, you know, my faith be in you today. Da, da, da. Sometimes we, we read the same prayer every day. And then what do we do when we get, and we forget it. We, we allow all this stuff. And I was, um, given the scripture and I totally love it. It is, I think this is me next new, um, scripture. It says, 
finally, right, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So if you've got a situation, and this is what I just love so much about God, because, you know, he says things and, you know, do these things. And and um, it's in, in Corinthians, the, the one where he talks about um, take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. And it wasn't until recently I actually took in the, the bit before that. It says, we demolish arguments of every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So, so we take that thought captive. But God is so beautiful and he's so good that he tells us how to do it. You know, he doesn't leave us there. You know, oh, this is so hard. Yeah, it is hard. But, you know, he's given us a way to do it. So, so where you think, I messaged them this morning. Why did you message them? Because you love them. Because something needs doing. Because you care. Because you want to know something. Well, you know, if you knock out the bit, is they don't care, they never bothered, they're too busy to this, I'm no good. I, you knock all that out. You, you take that truth, which he says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, you think about the true bit is what you've done. You know that's true because you did it. But you replace the bit where it says, you know, where you're thinking all that rubbishy stuff that was plonked in your mind, that's a total hideous lie, and replace it with whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely. So think about why you did those things and and where God is in that. And that this is what, this is, it's, I know we all say, oh, it's so hard, but, but what about this? Well, do you know, um, I got a but this morning from God and it, it, it is that, that, but, but, so while you sign, it's all right, well and good you sign that, Pauline, but what about da, 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 well, hang on. He says, but if we walk in the light, he is in the light. We have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus purifies us from all sin. So, whilst when you're in the situation, it's hard, it's painful, and it's difficult. But but we've got this beautiful, beautiful way out to to be thinking about what's true, what's noble, what's right, what's pure, what's lovely. And I tell you, when you can actually grasp that, you actually, it just falls away. That is what God has been talking to me about. And, and I just hope that it has just dampened any dryness in you to receive more of that. But there's one thing that keeps coming to me. I am, you might not know it, you might not ever have noticed me, it's about me, but I actually like colour. And I like, I actually like big, bold, bright colours. So that, and I just love them. But when I ever, since I've first read this, um, Philippians 4, 8, about what's true and noble and right. I keep getting, keep, keep, it, 
it comes up in colour and that's never, ever happened to me that I've had a scripture come up in colour. And I don't know if this means anything to anyone because it's not really meaning anything to me, but it keeps coming up, is these colours are not my colours. These colours that I keep getting here are the colours of sugared almonds, those beautiful pale colours. So if that means anything to anyone, I thought I'd share it. So thank you very much. Thank <laughs> you.